Before we get started, I want to put a little something on your radar. So right now, doors are open for Sound Systems, podcast production for indie voices. If you have an idea for a podcast or have been meaning to produce a podcast, but the whole production aspect has gotten in your way, I'm running a live class on March 10th at 1 p.m. Eastern to take you through the exact production process from development to release day that I've developed over five years of producing podcasts for brands and artists. All the details are in the show notes. Hop down there to the show notes, learn more about the class, and let's get your podcast produced. Okay, on with the show. This is Let's Go Again, a philosophical and practical podcast for indie creatives navigating reality while building the dream. I'm your host, Courtney Romano, a writer-director in New York City and the founder of Queensbird Films. This is the last installment of our Artists and Money series. In part one, we discussed money myths that cause unnecessary blocks for artists. In part two, we discussed the changing landscape of getting paid as an artist and the new paths leading to financial and critical success. And in this third part, we're going to talk about how to make more money as an artist. It sounds a little manifesty, I know, but it's not. It's a little bit philosophical, but mainly practical. Throughout this episode, we're going to put it all together through an exercise that lays out basically how much money you want to make and ends with a bunch of ideas for how to make it. It's essentially like a little mini workshop. I am actually super pumped for this episode, so let's get right into it. What I worked on this week. Okay, to be honest, it's been a couple of hard weeks. I put up an IG reel the other day and I saw the circles under my eyes and I was like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. So first of all, I haven't looked in the mirror in a few days and also that all tracks with what's been going on. It's been a lot of personal stuff, a lot of kids sleeping or should I say not sleeping stuff. It's been the grind of winter. There are a lot of factors playing into my utter exhaustion. And so I did not write this past week. I didn't even think too much about writing. I worked on getting by. (laughs) And I suppose I tell you this because for me, it's really easy to feel guilty about this. It's really easy to make it like mean more than it means. And really what that means is just, I'm, I'm a human being. I needed more rest. I couldn't do it. I couldn't write. And one thing that I've been trying to focus on, especially this last week, but for a little bit longer, is releasing this sense of urgency that I have. I have some deadlines coming up that are like for real for fellowships and labs I want to submit to. And and I do want to hit those things. I want to submit because I don't want to wait an entire year to try to hit them again. But I also know that strong arming any script does not write it faster. For me, at least. It, it makes it go slower and slower and slower. So this week, I paused from the writing. I didn't get a break. There weren't any silent retreats or spa days, but I let my brain rest when it needed to rest and tried to lay off myself a little bit. And that's what I worked on this week. Hey, let's pull a card. Um, If you are new here, welcome. This is the segment where I pull a tarot card or an oracle card or some kind of card 
Why am I doing this? I'm so glad you asked because it's fun. (laughs) It's fun. I like it mainly. Uh, But actually, truly, because I think there is this gap in, I guess you could kind of call this podcast, this show kind of educational a little bit. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Um, But I think there's a gap in when we're learning anything where we rely so much on like, well, what did this person say? And what's the right, what are the right 10 steps? And all all of this stuff that we forget to connect with our intuition. And as artists, like, dang, our intuition is the thing. Our intuition is like where our good taste comes from, where our ideas come from. Um, So you can hear me shuffling the cards. What I do in this segment is find a card for us, for the collective listening to this. Whenever you're listening to this, whether you're listening to this on release day or three months from release day, hopefully this card will speak to you and your intuition, give you some sort of clarity in whatever you are working on right now or hope to be working on in your creative life. And we will also let it kind of focus our energy and our thoughts for this upcoming topic of how to make money. All right. So let's get this card. This card is from the Oracle part of this tarot and Oracle deck. And it's Leo. And I love this for us. The energetic meaning. I'm reading this from the book that comes with the deck. Fire, passion, energy, power, bravery, radiance. Leo calls us to rise to the occasion, to be unabashedly our true selves, to have the zeal to shine brightly to the world. Sometimes all we need is to be outgoing and take bold action. Leo also calls us to show up for the challenges and face them proudly with courage in our hearts. Leo reminds us that insecurity and timidness don't move the ship forward. We must believe wholeheartedly that we are what we aim to become and with self-awareness be able to see the challenges we must overcome to get there. There's an important distinction between believing in yourself and false confidence. To believe in yourself and your abilities is absolutely necessary to grow and call in the things you desire. We must believe that we can do these things that might be out of reach in order to become who we need to be to reach them. False confidence, however, looks more like telling everyone brashly that you're the best before you are, and that will only lead to setbacks. In taking actions toward the things you love, you will empower yourself to continue. Taking a step towards your dream bestows upon you the power to take the next. Build your confidence by showing up fully in all areas of your life. It is always the most brave to try, especially when it is something new. I could not think of a better uh, card to get for when we're talking about wealth and money and building wealth and money as artists because I think so many times as artists and creative people, we just assume like, oh, well, I don't know about money. I don't know about this. I I, I just, it's not for me. I just like focus on the art. I have, I can't focus on the marketing or the business aspect. And it truly, I think, does a disservice to us because I think artists are like the best business people and the best marketers because everything is storytelling. It's all storytelling. I love the idea of going unabashedly towards making money. Because I think there's so, I mean, I have a hang up about money. I know I have, uh, I have so many hang ups about money. I am 
fully hung up. Um, <laughs> but I'm working on that and I'm trying to see it as more of a neutral thing. And I actually do think it is like intellectually, I think it's a neutral thing, but then I'm like constantly investigating why I have these judgments or like ideas about things when it comes to money that are much more harsh than I have about like literally any other topic. So I like this idea of like looking at a head on, you know, turning on the lights, looking exactly at what our beliefs are and what we want and just being bold and and also not having false confidence, right? And being like, you know what, this is actually going to be hard. It'll be difficult. It'll be super challenging. And also I can do it. So I love Leo. Love it. Let's let that set the tone for today's episode all about how to make more money. Okay, the question on many people's minds, how much money can an artist make and how can they make it? To answer that question, I want to start by looking at social media. So recently, I have been getting a ton of content thrown at me about how much money you can make selling courses about selling courses. And I don't know if it's my algorithm because I'm like posting all this money related podcast content this month. But all I know is that TikTok and Instagram think all I want to do is see videos of women crying happy tears because they made $300,000 in their businesses this month. And what's weird about these videos to me and the social media algo in general is that I have no idea what these women do. Like there, And this isn't just like one woman put, popping up on my feet. This is multiple. I don't know what they make. I don't know what they sell. I don't know what their story is. I don't know anything about them. But what I do know is they've made a lot of money online this past month. And if I comment ready, then I can get their 12-step plan. And while I certainly don't want to yuck anyone's yum, and I certainly have gotten valuable content from semi-adjacent posts like this, I do think these kinds of messages tend to further skew our relationship to money because they make us think there's like an answer we're missing and they make us think there's a formula. They make us think that that kind of success is happening every single month. And they convince us that if we just follow these certain steps, we too can make a video of our six-figure month. They make us believe the money someone makes somehow legitimizes them, which I would disagree with. They make us believe that the money earned in that one month is the end of the story. And they boil everything down into this like low effort, simple couple of steps that anyone can use to make six figures. I don't buy it. Okay. I'm going to pause here for a second because I want to be extra clear. I do think a six figure month from any kind of like digital online sales is possible and sustainable. I do think artists can have six figure months. I do think creating work in the digital world is an artist's absolute domain because we learn fast, we iterate, we make things aesthetically pleasing, and also because we're storytellers. And that is the juicy part. A stranger online making six figures in one month sounds cool, but like that's just not the juicy part. The juicy part is how you do it. 
And you can't just do exactly what someone else did because all of those moves and ideas and rules and systems that they used are going to be filtered through you, a completely different human being. You have a different life, different challenges and strengths and different values and interests. And all of those things contribute to how we make our money and how much money we make. And figuring all of that out, to me, requires three things. Number one, understanding your own money belief system. Number two, acknowledging your own desired income level. And number three, ideating your own income streams. So let's get into that. To set us up for this, I've been listening to the audiobook of Overcoming Underearning by Barbara Stanny. And while I think there are definitely some dated parts of this book, I think there are some really helpful guideposts that hold true today for making money. One framework she uses that I think is super helpful is a learning and development model called the Conscious Competence Model. It's essentially a continuum from incompetence to competence. And in the book, she uses this learning model to assess where you are in regards to your relationship with money. So there are four stages. In the first stage, there's unconscious incompetence. Essentially, you don't know what you don't know. In the second stage, there's conscious incompetence. You're aware that there are things that you just don't know. In the third stage, there's unconscious competence. You're like kind of doing the things, but it almost feels like luck and you're not really guiding them that much. And then in the fourth and final stage, there's conscious competence where you're intentionally making choices that are skilled and well-informed. The idea here is that as you, as an artist or creative, move into a relationship with money, you want to ultimately end up at that fourth stage of conscious competence. You want to be making decisions where you can apply knowledge that you've gained and make moves that are aligned with your values to do things that are ultimately like fun and endlessly fascinating to you. So I hope you can see how this model is different than a get-rich-quick scheme. It's much more thorough and much more nuanced. And the thing about this model, this learning model, is like there's no way, there's no one way, I should say, to get to conscious competence. And no one else can get you there but you. You can have guides along the way, of course, obviously, but you're the one who's going to move yourself through the four stages. And sometimes moving through that requires like taking a little time and letting it cook and letting it bake in and, you know, coming back to it later, you know, a month later and being like, oh, okay, I get my hang up there or I get what I was missing there. Like the way that we learn isn't always just like, it takes time. It just sometimes takes time. So in this episode, what I want to do is like kind of lay the groundwork for this stuff to start working on us, you know, like start working on our minds, start working on our creativity and know that like, we're going to come to the end of this and have answers. We're going to come to the end of this episode and have answers about like what we want to make and what we want to do to make that money. 
but also understand that this is stuff that can change. It's stuff that can develop. We can change our relationship to it. And if we have this learning model, then it gives us the chance to, I think, like really grow into it and to make sure that we're always aligned. The first thing that we have to do is understand our own belief system about money. There is a lot of messaging to artists that says, you are going to be broke. Money is hard. You'll never get funded. You have to be a Nepo baby to succeed and on and on and on and on. And while I agree, yes, <laughs> yes, it is difficult to make money in late stage capitalist America, I also see with my eyes lots of artists making lots of money. I see movie stars, but I also see small production companies succeeding. I see people selling out their artwork online. I see people buying houses from the businesses that they started for their artwork. I'm not trying to say this is the norm. I'm definitely not saying this is guaranteed, but I am just trying to hold the fact that life is varied. And while it has been traditionally difficult for artists to make money, I actually think we are at the best time in history ever to be an artist or creative of any kind. And this is partially due to the fact that AI is about to make any kind of gate-kept information kind of obsolete. They're making full AI movies right now. You could sit at a desk and say, make an action movie with a car chase that ends in an explosion where the hero flips out of the car, runs on water, saves a baby, and lands in a coffee shop just as her espresso is being poured. And the AI would make that movie. No sets, no actors, no nothing. There's just a write-up about Tyler Perry like basically scrapping his whole uh, production studio build out that he was going to do. He, I think it was like four hundred million or eight hundred million dollars that he was going to spend on building um, sound stages and sets. And then he saw the AI do what it did, and he scrapped it. And he said, "I don't need a studio set because I can use AI. I see where this is going." So this is like this is crazy. This is like big deal stuff as a filmmaker. You you don't have to know necessarily how to light that or how to cast or use a dolly or use CGI. The information is out there, and so AI is using it. However, if you look at eras and movements in history, this also means that there is going to be an inevitable pendulum swing back towards bespoke, behind-the-scenes, messy, gritty, in-process works of art and education that focuses more on application of knowledge rather than knowledge itself and focuses on storytelling that is connected to the artist. So what I mean by that is people won't want to watch a good movie. They'll want to watch a good movie by an underground artist their friend introduced them to at a house party. People won't want to learn how to write well. They'll want to learn how writing can impact and grow every facet of their life from dating to job applications. It's just going to shift what we care about because what we are going to care about is going to be like the intangible humanity <laughs> of it all. Okay. Are you still with me? I know I'm kind of going rogue here with the whole AI thing, but this is to illustrate a point, which is things are changing. 
So if you have outdated beliefs about making money as an artist and what is available to you an artist, then like, hello, wonderful, right on time, it's time to freshen up. So a couple questions for you. And you can write this down or you can just think about it. Number one, what did you always believe about money growing up? Number two, how do you describe your relationship to money? Number three, how do you see money working in the world? Is it good, evil, neutral? Number four, do you fear money? And number five, what void would more money fill for you? When we're figuring out how to make more money as an artist, the next thing we have to figure out is our desired income level. One of the exercises I found the most informative in this book was about imagining how different income levels feel to you. I think there's a lot of intuitive power in this, and doing this exercise definitely took me from unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence. Meaning, like, I became more aware of the judgments I assigned to each income level and how they pertain to me. So, this is very simple, and we'll just walk through it really quickly. But basically, you just think about how you feel, what it feels like at each income level, and then make a note of it or a mental note of it. So, literally, we'll go through it. What would life feel like for you if you made $5,000 a year? And now, Imagine making 10,000. How about 25,000? And next, of course, how would it feel to make 50,000? And then what would it feel like if you made $75,000 a year? And then try 100,000. How about 150,000? Okay, 300,000. And now what would it feel like to make $500,000 a year or a million or 5 million? I think it's worth journaling or thinking through what each of these levels feels like. When I did this at 5,000 a year, I felt panic and stress in my body. (laughs) Thoughts like, how am I going to take care of my kids? And at 500,000, I started to feel a different kind of stress. Like, wait, how much do I have to work for that? Like, would that just mean I'm working all the time and I'm giving up my freedom for just money? And both of those stresses reveal something about me. But there are so many scenarios where my judgments of that level or my perceived anxieties just wouldn't play out that way. For instance, maybe I am in a situation in a situation. Maybe I am in a situation with a partner who makes all the money and I make five thousand dollars a year, but like I don't really need that income. Or maybe I make five hundred thousand dollars from producing for one client or for selling one product or from doing one thing. And I'm actually not hustling all that hard. I'm just super devoted to one thing that made that much money. And so you can see how our assumptions and beliefs play into how much we think we can or should or want to earn. So when you go through this, you know, something that was helpful to me was just thinking about like, Um, where 
am I most comfortable? And is there a level up from that where I can stretch? And what would it require of me to make that stretch? What do I need to learn? What do I need to accept? What do I need to be aware of? And can I change energetically how I feel about that next income level up? Once you pick an amount that feels good for you, then we're going to finally ideate income streams. So the income streams you come up with have to do with how much you want to make. If you're a writer and you want to make $500,000 a year, unless you have a massive following, I'm going to guess you're not going to get there with eBooks, which are usually you know low ticket items. Something one of my mentors taught me was to figure out offerings at every single price point, not because you're going to offer everything at every price point, but just to help you brainstorm and kind of like get unstuck. So when you are thinking of like, okay, what could my offerings or products or services, whatever, what could they be? You think of like, what's the $5 level? And then what's the $50 level? And the $100 level. Then how about $500 products? What did those look like? $5,000 and then $50,000 and then $500,000. I know it sounds a little crazy to think about a $500,000 product, but if your goal is a million dollars a year, then you might want to have a super high price point product. Or you might be in a season where like you just want to earn an extra $1,000 per month. That's it. But you mostly just want to be at home and like veg out. Or maybe you are ready to put your head down and like double your income. All of these values, your beliefs about money, your audience, your interest, and your overall objectives are going to determine what kinds of things you make. So go ahead, write down all these different product levels for your art, like things you could make, everything from a digital product to a physical product to a service-based or, you know, product-based offering. Put down everything you can think of, and then you'll start to see what jumps out at you as exciting. Once you have your beliefs sorted, your income level chosen, and your income streams brainstormed, you have the bones of a business plan where you can make money from your art. Like I said at the beginning, this isn't a simple 12-step process. This requires us to do real things like try and fail, probably publicly. And it will require you to say what it is you want, which can be really difficult for some folks. I know, I know it has been difficult for me. But if you're looking at this through the four stages of conscious competence, all you have to do is keep moving yourself to the next stage. Listening to this episode will move you to the next stage. Maybe talking with an advisor or friend about your business plan will move you to the next. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme, but it is a method you can learn, implement, apply, adjust, and make your own again and again over time. The final takeaway here is this. You're allowed to make money, and you are allowed to do that through art. I don't think there is one way to do it, and I don't think there is ever a 10-step formula you could follow to a T to be able to predict the exact outcome. However, I do believe the application of knowledge has this ability to change your life if you're willing to try. And when that knowledge is information from out there, coupled with the self-knowledge from in here, that is when I think an artist is unstoppable and their income is unlimited. 
That's all I have for you today. I hope you liked this series on artists and money. It was really fun for me to make. Um, So I hope you got something out of it. And if you did, let me know. Leave me a message in the Spotify app. You can go down to the show notes, answer a question, answer our poll, and tell me what you thought. Also, if you're listening to this in real time, doors are currently open for Sound Systems, podcast production for indie voices. It's a live workshop and digital dashboard to help get your own podcast up and running. And it's basically for anyone with a business or art practice or wanting to generate a platform. I mean, there are a million ways you can use a podcast to grow your artistic career. So if you're unsure if this class would even be right for you, email me hello at queensbirdfilms.com and I will help answer any question you have so you can figure out if it is the right fit for you or not. There's tons of info about it in the show notes, so check that out and email me with any questions you have. And if you're listening to this, you are the actual goat. I love you. I appreciate you. And I want you to know how happy I am to make this for you. Until next week, good luck out there. (laughs) 